0: Love Talk to Radio. Talk <laughs> Radio. Oh, um. yeah.
1: Eshu Alekwana Kosi Weary Awo Onlo Uto Ni Iwo Ara Afan Bo O Si Obatala Mi Ita Ni Ebo Onilio Aban Eshu. Eshu is the respected elder who flogs, confronts, and uncovers fools. The one versed in mysteries uses truth to own you. He calls a scatter to feed poverty. O oh, Batala shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu, Aburu, Aboye, Abushishay, Ashe. May our Ebo reach a run. May our Ebo be accepted. May our Ebo allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we all say Ashe, Asheo, Ashe. Some of y'all say Ai, bobo, but it's all good. <laughs> Divine All-Blessed, Peace and Love, Joy and Prosperity, Elevation, Revelations, and Continued Manifestation. You are listening live to the Divine Prince, Pan-African Spiritualist, Practitioner, Author, and Advisor, Elagun Oloye, Hudu Obeya Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a pan-African, hoodoo, world, spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is indeed my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my being, my walk, my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding. It is the place from where I begin. It is the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe, Ashe, oh, Ashe, let the God say, Ashe, let the goddesses say, Ashe, oh, Ashe. Indeed, I am broadcasting with you this Monday, January 25th, 2001, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally, from this working temple of the house of the Divine Prince. High Potions, Hoodoo Central, in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana. The land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this Hoodoo-Obeah-like path and journey passing down the great obia stick, along with the knowledge of the life-giving, healing, herbs, plants, rituals, minerals, spirits. And indeed, my beloved Denise Augustine would say, Our Sacred Stories, Our Sacred Stories. And to book your tours plus experiences, please do visit us at www.oursacredstories.com. All is truly and indeed a pleasure. I welcome each and every one of you individually, collectively, remembering that the creation of sacred space is critical to all that we do, who we are, where we be, how we manifest in this world. And so, as we begin to move forward in another powerful edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes, Let's be mindful of the ancestors and the mighty, powerful shoulders upon which we now have our being. Greetings, beloved Naja Amistad. Big Queen is in the house. Come on in, Big Queen. All is a blessing. I welcome each and every one of you. Martha Martinez, uh, Naja, Stephanie Sewell, Tangerine Bliss, Neophyte Bacour. Welcome, beloved. Come on in. Craig Burns. Welcome. Welcome. Jennifer Anderson, welcome. And please, let's send out powerful prayer and ritual for hoodoo occultism, for his entire family, and particularly for his daughter. We must be careful. We must be concise. We must be knowledgeable about the weather in which we live. You wouldn't send your kids out into a thunderstorm unprotected. You wouldn't drive out in the middle of a hurricane unprotected. And please remember the weather that we now exist in, it's not always something we can see, hear, smell, or detect. Please take this COVID-19 and all of its new manifestations and variations, take them very seriously. Protect yourself, protect your family, protect your parents and your grandparents, protect those in your family and in your community that have previous conditions, underlying conditions. But also know that there are definitely healthy young people that are catching this virus and are having very negative consequences to it. So let that not be this group. Since March of last year, it ain't this group, but anyone who might hear us, who might be privy to this message, protect your family. Please give me a moment to respond to my doorbell. Someone always finds a way (laughs) to ring my bell in the middle of the show, right? So give me a second. you for your patience. All is a blessing. That's my lawn care team. <laughs> I know you all know I garden and I spend a lot of time in my garden and in my yard, but I still got to have the grass cut, have the elephant ears trimmed back. So please forgive me for that uh, momentary interruption. Greetings, S. Marie. Welcome so much, beloved, for coming in. I'm truly honored and appreciative of those who are so committed to this sacred space that we create here at this noon hour, US Central Standard Time. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that when I'm not here, you all understand that I'm working in ministry. I'm grateful that you all understand that just because everyone doesn't call in or or turn on a webcam or, or show themselves to be actively present in the show, indeed the feedback that I continue to receive is about the power of this sacred space that we together create. When I start calling off countries, I'm not making that up. It's not wishful thinking. In fact, I'm gonna share it with you uh, just for a second. I'm gonna share it with you. Ah, wrong screen. I'm gonna share with you who and from where we are being listened to. And so when I shout out Paris, when I shout out London, when I shout out Egypt and Ethiopia and Kenya and Ghana, it's right here, it's right here. It's one of the benefits of having Blog Talk Radio as a backup. It it not only records all of our audio during the show, but it also helps me to sort of determine where we're being listened to from during the live broadcast as well as in archive. From Russia to South America, we are being shared with an indigenous spiritual community around the world. And for that, I'm grateful. Sometimes, I, you know, I'm human. I get in my flesh. I get in my feelings. <laughs> you know, I need a rest. I need a break. And then there's those emails those text messages, those instant messages that come through social media asking where are we, showing their appreciation for what we discuss, what we talk about, the energy that we release in this space. So, so I'm humbled. I'm indeed grateful. And this will continue on as consistently and as regularly as humanly possible. <laughs> but understand that my life is more than just this podcast, and I know many of you understand that. Many of you know that ministry is a 24-hour undertaking. Ministry. I'm not talking about fortune telling. I'm not talking about card reading. Ministry is a 24-hour vocation. It's a 24-hour undertaking. It requires you to be open, to be honest, to be willing to address your own life and shadow work in order to heal and address that of others. And for that, I'm indeed grateful. I'm grateful. The number of documentaries that we were able to film in the last year during this pandemic has also been a great blessing. When many in my industry have not been working, when when Hollywood South has been sort of quiet temporarily we continue to move forward. We continue to put the message out. We continue to put the truth out, but we also continue to connect globally in terms of ATR, traditional African-based religious systems. Listen, I saw a video circulating in TikTok in Japan chanting Orisha. They had bada drums, they had dancers, they had people who 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 were possessed by Shango, and, and Oya, and this was in Japan. Japan. So remember the power of our ancestors. Science says humanity was born in Africa. Science says that. Science says that. Archaeology says that. But when we look at the birth of religion and spirituality in the world, our ancestors own that. Our ancestors own that. And so that's why I say be careful, when you go to a stream one way or the other. Be careful when you say I'm anti-religion. All religion ain't bad. It's just like saying I'm anti-black folk or I'm anti-white folk. All people are not bad. That's why we must have spiritual fight. That's why your third eye has to be open. You never know where your blessing is going to come from. You never know where your breakthrough is going to come from. And that's why today I want to talk about predestiny, predestiny, and, and, not from, and not from, a you know, a Christian understanding of what predestiny is, but from a spiritual world understanding of what predestiny is. Predestiny suggests some things that many of us are not necessarily comfortable with. Predestiny indeed suggests that along with God and the ancestors, we choose our journey. We choose our experience. We choose our reason for being born and coming into this world and this existence to do something, to affect something, to heal something, to change something. Where people get uncomfortable with predestiny is people like me with a negative background with a tumultuous childhood, with abuses under our heart. That's when predestiny becomes challenging. And I'm asked at least once a day, what do you mean? I didn't choose this. I didn't choose to be violated. I didn't choose to be abused. I didn't choose to come into a world and and be a target as many of us perceive ourselves to be. But indeed, we did choose the right circumstances, the right fertilizer, the right right soil, the right seeds, the right hands to nurture and and till the land so that we can step into ourselves. Just think of all the well-known individuals that we know, like an Oprah Winfrey, for instance, with a tumultuous background, with negatives in, in their childhood, who rose above who grew beyond, who took that mess and and turned it into fertilizer in order to bring forward who and what we are today. Please forgive me with the chat. Something weird is going on with the chat. I don't know what it is. I think I just fixed it. And so we want to talk about predestiny. And not just asking me to speak on the work. And particularly that shadow work, I I say all the time, there is no light work without shadow work. There is no shadow work without light work. The two go hand in hand. People ask, well, what's the difference? How do I know the difference? How do I identify the work in my own life, in my own path? And so I say you ask yourself these five questions first thing in the morning. If you're blessed enough, as I am, that you don't have to wake up to an alarm clock, you aren't necessarily woke up by your partner or or your other housemates or your children, but find a way when you first realize you're waking up, if you can, even before you open your eyes and ask yourself these five questions. I ask myself these five questions every day How do you feel? How do you feel? Do you love life? Do you love life? Are you happy to be here? Are you happy to be here? Are the ancestors still with you? These last two are a little little bit tricky. Are the ancestors still with you? And the last question is, is God still in control? Is God still in control? Now, this is how you identify your work. Now, if you can answer these questions lightly, happily, positively, without reservation, without hesitation, you're probably operating in light work. And therefore, you spread the light. You share the light. You are Indeed, the light. But if you cannot answer these questions without hesitation, without reservation, and without a less than healthy response, that's your indication of of, of shadow work. That's your indication that you need to do shadow work. And we must be man enough, woman enough to be honest, not with me, not with anybody out here, but with yourself about your answer to these questions. And when it's shadow work, you then have to start asking the next set of questions. How do I feel? Why not? Why don't you feel well? And, and if it was your child, if, you, if your child say, "Mama, I don't feel good, I don't wanna to go to school. You're gonna say why? What's wrong? What hurts? Is it it your head? Is it your stomach? What's what's the problem? What's happening at school? Is it a bully? Is it the teacher? You would ask questions. As, As a parent, you would ask questions. So you've got to be willing and honest enough to ask those questions of yourself. What hurts? What is the source of the pain? Why don't you love life? And then be prepared to address those answers, those responses. I'm going to be honest. I ain't never been able to answer these questions until recently without hesitation, without reservation. Everyone has a level of shadow work to address. Everyone has a level of light work that we must address. So I appreciate um, any opportunity for growth. One of the things that I sort of uh, took on as, as a personal character trait is my desire to drive through an issue, to go right through the middle. You can't run, you can't hide, you can't go over it, you can't go around it, but indeed we must be able to go through it. And that's what makes us gods and goddesses in the universe. That's when you fully stand up in your power. Predestine or predestiny can be applied in in many areas of our life. You know, it is the musician, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Who was Michael Jackson at five? Who was Michael Jackson at birth? He was indeed the Michael Jackson that we all have come to know and understand. But it's a process of growing into, stepping into yourself, and your journey. You were already born prosperous. You were already born successful. You were already born ready with all the tools necessary to defeat the devils in your life, to defeat the dark areas in your life. It is just an illusion that prevents us from stepping into the light. It's just an illusion that prevents us from stepping into the truth. I like to compare it to athletes Athletes put themselves through a set of predetermined sacrifices. It might be getting up really early, it might be what they're eating, it might be a restrictive diet, it might be the, the amount of exercise and, and, and energy that they put into their body, but it's a predetermined sacrifice. For some of us, that's too much. For some of us, running is too much. For some of us, adhering to a to a strict diet might be too much. And so I use that as an example of how we pick and choose our destiny. You don't have to be dissatisfied. You don't have to be unhappy. You don't have to be in a negative place. And and, and I had a client ask me yesterday, well, you know, what is that about? What's really going on? You know, and and I said, using some of the words of one of my beloved godmothers, um, you're getting too much out of that you're still benefiting too much from holding on to the pain, holding on to the past, holding on to what is and what is not, holding on to I didn't have what I needed, you know, at 12, and now I'm 39, 49, and we're still living in the past. We talk on this show about quantum metaphysics a lot. And Einstein is the one who mathematically mapped out the reality that in order for this existence, this reality that we all live in and share to be true, we must live and exist in at least 11 dimensional spaces at once. And I must say, inter and intra dimensional spaces at once, because indeed, right now in this moment, the past and the present exists right now in this moment. Now, we can go and talk about 2020. What happened back then? That's the past, which is now a memory, which now can't, you know, go back and be adjusted, changed, redone. We can think about the future. We can plan for the future. We can dream and we can fantasize and we can have illusions of how our future will be or should be or could be. But indeed, we're living in a dream. Until it stands with us in this present moment, it's, it's no longer real, or it's not real. Be careful about what you say. My godmother likes to say, be careful about how you tell your story. Be careful about how you tell your story. Are you telling your story that keeps you perpetually the victim? Are you telling your story that keeps you perpetually the oppressed? Or are you telling a story that creates and recreates the reality that mirrors your best interests? In this present moment in time space, but also as we move forward, I've always been divine prince. I just have not always been able to stand in the truth of divine prince. I've always been who I am, but I've not always been able to stand in the truth of who I am. And sometimes the distractions got in the way. The past got in the way. The trauma got in the way. The oppression in society got in the way the illusion of lack got in the way. And when I was able to move beyond those areas of shadow and darkness, my reality is different today. I see clearer today. I'm more hopeful today. And when I tell my story, even those dark, shadowy, negative aspects of my story, I even tell that differently today. Because without that, I wouldn't be here. Without that, I wouldn't be here. I would not undo any aspect of my past if it meant I would be where I am right here in this present moment in time space. I would not redo any aspect of my past. Understanding that just one change could limit or prevent where I'm going. The future, the, the blessed future that I am now creating and self-creating and walking into. Yes, Solitaire, I hear you beloved. Welcome, welcome. I love my astrologers and particularly my serious astrologers who who understand that it's more than just the horoscope and who are paying attention to the the planetary bodies and the universal movement in this world. Because indeed it plays into our reality. There are real well-known uh politicians lincoln reagan who utilized astrology some of you don't know that many of the decisions that that nancy reagan was able to impress upon her husband came through the the, the astrologer um abraham lincoln not only visited astrologers but during that time seances were very popular Misas and seances and so uh your former president Abraham Lincoln and his wife would visit these seances. And it's rumored, I don't know to what degree it's factual, it may very well be, but he was warned about not taking action as it related to the freeing, the emancipation of the slaves, and that this came through a, 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 a psychic seance, uh, Misa type environment. When we look around the world, JP Tarot I never thought we would be having this reality When I think back 15 years ago you know it wasn't a whole bunch of force and tellers it wasn't a whole bunch of psychics and tarot readers maybe that little house at the end of the block maybe that that office space you know up on the main road but today it's everywhere it's everywhere if we believe Instagram everyone's a reader if we believe you know Twitter everyone's a, a hoodoo practitioner if, if we believe what we see. And so I am grateful for the advancements that have been made in terms of spiritual practice to where we are being being able to grow beyond what has just been impressed upon us, but indeed grow into ourselves and grow into that which is most natural and most organic to ourselves. Spirit can't be boxed can't be contained, it can't be limited, and it must grow. Culture, tradition, practices, rituals have a process, have a process, but spirit can be contained. Spirit cannot be controlled. Predestiny suggests that all that we desire, all that we want, all that we need, all that we are, was determined before we came into the womb, before we came into the womb. I talk about this pyramid structure with my godchildren and that bottom left triangle, corner of that triangle representing the earth and the ancestors and our human, uh, our human experience. And that top portion of that triangle representing our head. For indeed, our head is the closest thing to God, the closest thing to the spirit realm, the closest thing to magic exists in your head. And if your head ain't there, there's no loa, there's no orisha, there's no power that can step in for you if your head ain't there. If your head doesn't allow it, it cannot be. That bottom right corner, I like to describe it as, as the crossroads. That's where Eshu and Elegua and, and Legba exist. That's where the, the inter-crossroads of, of humanity and spirit, of earth and heaven, come together. That's where we take what we know, who we are, what exists within us to the crossroads and bring forth manifestation that mirrors our best interests, that mirrors our best interests. I know there are younger people listening to me right now. You, you have the opportunity. You have your opportunity to change your experience. You have the opportunity. What you see, what you feel, what you're experiencing right now is temporary, beloved. It's temporary. I know it's real easy when you're 18, 19, 20, 15 to think that you've seen it all, to think that everything that is is already right there in front of you. To think that your path is already cut out, but you you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea, beloved, what may befall you in the positive five years from now, where you might be ten years from now. So keep dreaming, keep recreating first in the mist, M I S T in the mist, in, in in that in that place of of preforming and then bring that into real-world existence. Uh, One of my clients is is a writer, and I won't call her out in in chat, but we talk about the power of being a writer, the magic that is a writer. Writers and authors are are in themselves magicians, are in themselves uh, uh, magical individuals, for they are able to create and recreate a reality on paper or, or digitally that affects our own reality. A good writer can take you exactly where they want you to go. A good writer can get you immersed in a story, no matter how fanciful, no matter how imaginative, a good writer can affect your feelings, your emotions, how you feel about yourself. When we think about music and R&B and soul music and Aretha Franklin and, and, and um, many of the other uh, performers of the 50s and 60s and 70s that fueled the black Power movement that fueled civil rights that, that gave us a sense of purpose and understanding again it's the power of the writer it's the power of the writer greetings open uh, 642 I didn't quite get the shotgun house but I, but but, I, but I'll get it in a minute. <laughs> I'll get it in a minute. I have Iyama Van Zant in my head right now. I've been talking about Iyama uh, quite a bit in the last, I don't know, 24 hours. Uh, and for shadow work instruction, you know, the word shadow work, is that phraseology is really new. We didn't say that 10 years ago. We didn't say that 20 years ago. It's a new phraseology. And people often ask, well, you know, What teaches that? Where do I learn that? Where do I better understand that? And I often point them right to Iyama Van Zandt. And particularly her earlier books, um, One Day My Soul Just Opened Up. One Day My Soul Just Opened Up. In the Meantime, In the Meantime was probably the very first Iyama Van Zandt book that I read, In the Meantime. Uh, and, and that's where you, you said shotgun house. I started thinking about the basement and the attic and, and, and how Iyanla used the symbolism of the house to describe consciousness, emotional consciousness, spiritual consciousness, uh, and where we might be at any given point in this house that is our body, in this housing that holds God, that holds spirit uh, with within each and every one of us. Uh, so, you know, I'm always surprised, you know, that people still aren't familiar with these books. I think, In the Meantime, was written or published in 1998. Uh, but I invite you, particularly those of you who are questioning shadow work, who are trying to get through your own shadow work, um, In the Meantime, by Ianla Van Zand. Neophyte Bokur... <clears throat> A generation of room-closeted conjure folks have finally found the courage to step out of the shadows and practice to show and prove. I I absolutely accept and agree with that. And and, and let that be a prayer. Let that be a mantra. For indeed, those who are stepping out of the shadows, who are coming out into the open, let it be authentic. Let it be a true demonstration of your journey. Let's grow, particularly in this community, beyond fortune telling. Let's let's grow beyond, you know, getting quick readings, and let's indeed step into our truth. Some of you are still challenged with what will mom say, what will my family say, what happens when my church folks find out. And I like to reword that question: What happens when your church folks find out you've grown? What happens when your church folks find out you've evolved? What happens when your family finds out that you decided to rise up to a newer level, to a higher level of, of self and being? For indeed, in, in my vision, that's what's happening. This should not be an option to organize religion. This should not be an option to, you know, what has already been impressed upon them. Let it be something that we indeed grow into, experience on a very personal level. You know, I I talk about the ancestors. The ancestors promote voodoo. I don't come on here and sell voodoo or market voodoo or call me now, you know, on my Miss Cleo 800 number. (laughs) You know, I let the ancestors do the work. And that's why we speak probably 50% of the time on this show amongst many other topics. About the power of the ancestors. Your ancestors already are real, already are evident, are in your blood. And science has caught up to voodoo and, and now understands that ancestral memory survives in the blood. So some of your most tragic emotional connections reside from your ancestors. Some of your most powerful connections, some of your most powerful skills and gifts and personality traits come from, indeed your ancestors. And sometimes we are held down by stuff we didn't create. Sometimes you're held down by your mama's issues, your daddy's issues, your great-grandparents' issues. And when they don't address their stuff, you know, uh, excuse my fridge, shit rolls downhill. It then is passed on to the next generation. It's passed on to your son. It's passed on to your daughter. And I'm grateful for those clients and students who understand the power of that, who understand that though you might not be exactly where you need to be in this moment, if you already have children. They're watching you, beloved. They're watching you. They're watching you. And even when they were in the womb, Iyana likes to say they, they, they marinated and bathed themselves in the emiotic fluid full of the energy and experiences of mama and dad. Sometimes we you know we don't talk about meaning the parents, we don't talk about the past, we don't talk about where we were personally during that time when you were marinating in, in mama's womb. And that is indeed passed down to us. Indeed. So do your work. I applaud you in doing your work. I honor you in doing your work, I honor you in 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 responding to spirit, so that that is not continued on. So that what's good, what's healthy, what's beneficial, indeed, will continue on. Tangerine Bliss. As I go through my shadow work, I wonder if the flashbacks are spiritual or PTSD. Is there a way to decipher the difference? Um. There is if I'm if I'm understanding your question. Now I don't expect you to answer me back, but ask yourself. You know, particularly when you use the word flashback. Flashbacks to me suggest something that's real, and that you experienced prior, prior, you know, in your childhood up until now. Um, So, indeed, when you're doing shadow work, when you're doing ancestral work in divination, uh, people will have dreams, people will have flashbacks, people will begin to remember things that they had forgotten, things that they had become disconnected to, Um, and not just darkness. Uh, As I move through my shadow work, I, I begin to remember the positive things that happened in my childhood, that the negatives often crowded out. Sometimes when you have a really traumatic childhood and upbringing, you don't want to remember. You don't want to relive. You don't want to experience. And sometimes that grows, and it takes over your entire human experience. So all I could remember was the negatives. All I could remember was the the, the bad things my dad did. All I could remember was how my mom was powerless, you know, to stop it, to block it, to prevent it. As I moved through my shadow work, in terms of flashbacks uh, Tangerine Blitz, not only did I remember those dark areas that I had to heal and move through, but then I began to remember some of the real positive things that we all forgot. I was able to remember things that my mom didn't remember, that my sister uh, couldn't remember. So um, when I see the word flashbacks, that's my response. Now, PTSD is is a whole nother category. Post-traumatic slave disorder or post-traumatic stress disorder um, often refer to, again, those negative traumatic experiences and then how your body processes that. Your body responds to everything we say, everything we do, everything we think about. There's there's an internal response in your body. And so there is indeed... um, Powerful work, shadow work, like tapping, for instance, that one could do to remove the PTSD aspect of your question. Those parts that are are absolutely negative, toxic, have an ongoing toxic feeling uh, on your life. Uh, Let me give an example. There was a time um, I couldn't listen to gospel songs at all, especially during my 30s. Uh, I, I completely blocked out gospel. I didn't want to hear gospel. I didn't want to know anything about gospel. I didn't want to be re- respond to gospel because it reminded me of my past. It reminded me of my days in the church. It reminded me of my upbringing. And, and so in terms of PTSD, it, it brought up negative feelings for me. There was a time back in my 20s and 30s, I didn't want to know anything about Father's Day or Mother's Day for that matter. I often worked on those holidays and and dared you to bring it up. often worked in in a work environment where there wasn't space to discuss holidays, to discuss things that would remind me of what was lacking, what was broken, my connection to my past. And so that's PTSD. Uh, As I grew and done my shadow work and and matured, uh, today I don't have the same negative responses. Uh, there are certain Christ- Christmas songs that I, I, I still can't listen to. That Michael Jackson Christmas makes me emotional, makes me depressive. Um, and so that's PTSD. And so PTSD can be handled through many ways, uh, therapy, medicinal medication, but also being able to do shadow work. Journaling is a critical point to, sh- to shadow work. Write it down take it out of, out of that creative space and put it on paper. Sometimes that will shut down the PTSD. Sometimes that will shut down, you know, the negative attachments to some of the information and memories that, that still are in your head and, and in your body. W- write a book. You'd be surprised how freeing, liberating, cathartic, writing a book, honestly, and then giving that to the rest of the world to digest can, can also get that PTSD stuff off of your hands. Um, now, there are much stronger you know, forms of PTSD, like veterans or people who've experienced wars, people in our communities who, who've witnessed murders and and, and killings, uh, all of which can be addressed through crystal work, shadow work, and, and of course, therapy, and in some cases, medication. And medication is not necessarily something you, you know that you take for your lifetime. Uh, I took medication for four years back in my late 20s, going into my 30s, four years. It took four years of trying Paxil and uh, Prozac and, and Welbutrin and, and finding the right balance, and then being able to separate in terms of PTSD what was real, what, what wasn't real, what I had made up. Sometimes when we have negative experiences, we, we paint everything negative. And so as I said just a moment ago, you don't remember those moments when things were good. You don't remember those moments, you know, when things are going well. And so the medication with journaling and therapy allowed me to separate what was my stuff, what was my mama's stuff, what was my daddy's stuff, what was my sister's stuff, and what belongs to the world. And what belongs to the world. We all live and exist in the world. Nobody knows that and has a clearer understanding of that than me. And particularly when we look at racism, sexism, homophobia, biases, prejudices, it's really easy to paint a whole group of people as one thing. It's real easy to paint all black women as angry black women. And some of us embrace stereotypes. Some of us stand up in the stereotypes. Some of you have embraced nigger and, and, and don't have a problem using it and standing in it and, and, and expressing it. But we've got to be clear about what's our stuff and what belongs to, to others. You've got to be clear about what's really your doing and what's others, especially the impasse in the room, Nadja especially the empaths in the room because sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Symbolically, it ain't even your bed. Sometimes we wake up with these feelings in the morning and we aren't clear where that comes from, who that came from. You know, you may have just, you know, survived a war in your dream and you wake up, you know, with that war-like energy. And that's why I implore you, I invite you to ask these questions And not just when you wake up in the morning, when you catch yourself not feeling a certain way, when you catch yourself being a little, you know, dicey, a little, you know, uh, intense, ask yourself, how do you feel? How do you feel? Do you love life? Are you happy to be here? And, and, And you're free, you're welcome to change these questions up just a little bit. How do you feel in this moment? How do you feel in this moment? And then why? Some of you are responding the way you are because your health ain't good. Your health ain't good. Diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, other uh, uh, debilitating health conditions can affect how you get up in the morning, how you feel. And so you might be walking around intense all the time, not because you're in a bad mood, not because somebody didn't tick you off but because your body ain't right. And those past PTSD, that, that past P- PTSD, post-traumatic slave disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, that those past traumas, those past negatives, if you don't confront them, if you don't do that work, they will set up in your body and you'll find yourself responding in, in a certain way. I remember when I realized how anger and bitterness was affecting my life and how that was showing up at the crossroads. And particularly to you who, who may not know my past, who may not know, you know, what I've been through or what I've survived. And so as being able to ask these questions, being able to self-explore honestly, that's being willing to do the work. That's being willing to do the shadow work. I had to come to the understanding that all black men ain't my dad. All fathers don't act like my dad. All husbands don't manifest and show up like my dad. And and therefore, I had to adjust my energy in in, in, in the crossroads when, when I meet and experience and communicate with others. And it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. Even today, sometimes I have to remind myself to smile. Some of y'all say I'm a little intense, (laughs) and you can feel that energy. And so I have to remind myself to smile. I have to remind myself that all is well today. All is well today. I'm not being abused today. I'm not being put out today. I'm not being ignored or disregarded today. So when those feelings rise up, rise to the top, that's that shadow work. What am I feeling why, where did that come from, what is that really about? And, and this is an important message because um, some of you may have detected, I'm, I'm sort of loosely also referring to uh, civil rights, Black Lives Matter, you know, it's, it's real easy for us to say, listen, you know, we went from being enslaved in this America to being uh, oppressed and, and abused in Jim Crowed in this America, to being targets of, of the police and the system in this America, and it's real easy to walk around with your hand balled up in a fist. It's real easy to walk around gritting your teeth 24 hours a day. Brothers, got to stop mean mugging other brothers in the community. Sisters, got to stop looking, you know, sideways at the next sister in the community. And, and part of that shadow work is being able to empathize. One of the hardest things that I had to do was empathize with my parents, and not necessarily with them directly. I can communicate with my mom pretty easily. I can't communicate with my dad at all. But in terms of in my own work, I had to empathize. And you ask, well, what does that mean? I had to ask, what was their childhood like? What did they go through? What did they experience? What, what creates a man like that what what, what makes a woman like that and, and if your parents or your family members your you know or grandparent are still present for you to ask those questions you're blessed you're blessed now they might not be ready to hear it or, or had that conversation and that's our job <laughs> to find the words to to mature up where we can say you know well mom what was what were you doing in, in 64, in 65, in, in 66? What were you doing? And and you'd be surprised the responses that you might get. You know, the memories that you might jog loose, you know, from your parents and, and your family members. And particularly those that you might have some kind of beef with. My grandparents and my great-grandparents on my father's side were vicious. That ain't my words. That's my great-uncles and great-aunties' words. That's my father's siblings' words who grew up under their grandparents. They were violent and vicious. They ran a plantation in Mississippi and had a whole bunch of children to to work that plantation. And so their environment wasn't always pleasant, wasn't always nice. And in today's vernacular, we, we might say they endured some abuses. And when that's not addressed, it trickles down to the next generation. Some people say, oh, well, you know, that, that's just what it was. And that was just growing up, you know, and and, and now I'm an adult and, and, and I'm free from that. Great! Great! If you are indeed free from that. But often we aren't free. We, we just tuck it away. We, we lock it in a closet. We push it to the background, <laughs> you know. Um, Solitaire uh, Solitaire says, I was luck. My dad was a Mason and a Gemini. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that means. My dad is a Mason. My dad's a 33rd. So I, I don't necessarily know exactly what that means. Um, I, w- I will say, if, if you allow me to reword your comment, <laughs> you were blessed that you had your dad. You were blessed that you had your dad. It, being a Mason or not a Mason, being a Gemini or not a Gemini, it's a lot of abuse out there Beloved. It's a lot of abuse out there in the world. And my dad was 33rd, was the 33rd in Masonry. Um, so yes, those uh, tangerine bliss, those memories, those childhood and adult traumas, they're definitely attached to your shadow work. That which happens to us personally and directly But then also that which happens to us, you know, at the communal level. Every time someone gets killed again by the police, I feel that. I personally have never had a problem with the police. I don't have no kind of records. (laughs) The the only negative uh, uh, um, contacts I had with the police was jaywalking tickets in Hollywood back in the day. And then I had one racial incident in Denver, Colorado back in the early 90s where they – basically arrested me and treated me uh really bad for carrying a rasta stick they said the rasta stick was was a weapon it was carved like a pharaoh it had a quartz crystal you know for the chin part they said it was a weapon and i refused to give it up so i was arrested and, and went to court and was on the news and it was a really big deal the lgbt community came out and supported me Uh, It was a really big deal. But beyond that, um, I don't have no problems with the police. I don't get nervous when I see the police. I can walk past the police and I I don't feel anything. Um, Now, some would say, you know, that's how you look. I I think that's a prejudice that's real powerful in this country. I'm often not looked at as a black man. I'm often identified as, as a foreigner. No matter how clear my English the average person that don't know me or anything about me see me on the street looking like this says you are African, you are Jamaican, you are Muslim, you you are Rasta. And so there's a double standard there that that I've benefited from. Uh, So I haven't had that big of a problem with the police. I remember back in my past life when I was working and filling out job applications, try writing Ross, Chicas Chikis, and Mecca on an application. There were often not even enough spaces to get my name. But once upon a time, my first name didn't fit on my Social Security card. They've changed that over the years. But once upon a time, my name didn't even fit my Social Security card. So even in terms of hiring, yes, I'm articulate. Yes, I had, I had a great educated mother. Yes, I have, you know, some, some, some skills, you know, from the administrative perspective. But often, they, the first thing they see is your name and what you look like. Your name and what you look like. He don't look like the other ones, And, and that got me through doors. That got me through doors. And, and I never felt good about it because I knew and understood reverse racism when I saw it. See, some people say reverse racism is when black folks, no, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about where they use their own racism, thinking that they're, you know, doing you a favor when it's really rooted in racism. We in our community talk about why is it the Nigerian, who by the way, Nigerians hold some of the, the highest degrees in America. But beyond that, why is it the Nigerian, the Honduran, you know, the Guatemalan, we think they can come here and, and get any job, can walk through any doors. And again, that's, that's that danger of stereotyping and, and, and lumping everything together. That's not always the truth, but we assume it to be. We assume it to be. And so this look and this ethnicity and this difference absolutely made me friends over the years. But it also made enemies, and particularly in my own community, people who had a problem with my name, wanted to know religiously what did my name mean, wanted to know religiously what did my demonstration represent. So it's always a two-edged sword. Always, it's always a two-edged sword, and it's real easy to only focus on the darkness. It's real easy to only focus on what ain't happening, what ain't working, what's not right, rather than to take that energy, take that scenario, take that mess, and turn it into fertilizer for your best interest and those uh, of yourself, your family, and your community. I got you the goddess initiative. Uh, Neophyte Bokur is definitely strengthening his work for the sake of his daughter. She shows signs of greatness in these practices. He's excited. (laughs) But Mama, not so much. (laughs) Yeah, um, and and listen, I I support Mama because Mama may understand that, you know, a lot comes with this. A lot comes with this. I'm grateful that, you know, we've been sort of popularized. American Horror Story and, you know, uh, various movies and and fictional depictions and books and whatnot. We've we've been popularized. But this is ministry. Ministry ain't no joke. Ministry ain't no joke. And And when people find out that your daughter, like me and like others in this room, are able to connect with spirit in an authentic way, they will begin to pull on her energy. So you teach her how to keep herself protected, how to continue to rebuild her her energy, let her know that you must take time out for yourself. You can't do for everybody all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can't. There, there indeed is a lot that comes uh, uh, with this. Let me catch up with my chat, y'all, Give me give me a moment. Uh, Tangerine Bliss, uh, they can't do that. You can't be, Tangerine Bliss says a family member threatened to sue her if she wrote a book about her life along with other family members that are very threatened by, by the writing of the book. They can't sue you for telling your story. They can't sue you for telling your story. And and I and I suggest that you talk to an attorney about that, you know, a, a, a author-based attorney, someone who understands our, copyrights and publishing and et cetera. Now, you may not necessarily be able to, you know, print their whole legal name in the book. But if I wrote a book and I said my dad, y'all know who my dad is. (laughs) If I wrote a book and said my mom, y'all know who my mother is. So you you can't, no, no, you can't be threatened uh, for writing a book. Okay, Valerie Lovely watched her mother murdered by the boyfriend, and that gave her PTSD. And she lost her memory and only all, and all remembers the bad. And, I, and I'm with you, Valerie. I absolutely am. That's that PTSD, post traumatic slave disorder, and then it sets up in your body. And, and you probably can see it, feel it, smell it, taste it. And there's a technique, I don't know the, the author or originator, I, I just know that it's a technique that Ian Van Zant has, has introduced sometimes on her show. Um, and it's called tapping. And it's something that I use now in my ministry. And, and talking through certain problems, certain conditions, certain experiences with a qualified mentor, therapist, practitioner, and getting that out of your body removing the, the attachments to it out of your your system. Doesn't mean that you will forget, but you might be able to remember without only remembering the negative. You, you might be able to remember, you know, the good times you had before that happened. Um, so I, I'm with you, beloved. I'm with you. And please send me an email if you need to. DivinePrince at HouseOfTheDivinePrince.com. I'd be more than happy to work you through that. Uh, The Goddess Initiative is very glad that I mentioned the made-up part. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that, you know, you're a liar, but your your brain does that, fills in the blanks, you know. And so when you only remember the negative, you, you begin to rewrite your story In the negative, even in some areas where maybe you're adding stuff. Um, Even today, I have to be careful about, you know, haters. No one's ever called me and said that they were a hater. No one's ever sent me an email and said they were out to stop me, block me, and, and get me. But I see that in social media a lot. What determines if they're a hater? And sometimes we create that. Oh, were they just hating because they didn't like my post? Or were they just hating because my, my post didn't go viral? That's what I mean when I say making up, goddess. Now you're making up stuff. When you say all black women are out to get me, I know a black woman who says that. All black women are out to get her. That's made up, beloved. You don't know all black women. That's made up. That's made up. And so, yeah, we have to be willing to be honest when we're doing shadow work, honest with ourselves. Be willing to where did you hear that? Who said that exactly? Where can you really, you know, you have to be willing to do that honest work uh, as part of that, that shadow work. Tangerine Bliss is determined to do it anyway because she believes it would be therapeutic for her and others. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are still living through our ancestors' shadow work. Imagine being inbound, in bounds, in chains, enslaved, dom- dominated, oppressed. We are still living through our ancestors' PTSD, our ancestors' unhappiness, our ancestors' memories. And for some of us, we haven't had, listen, I'm, I'm just telling the truth. I haven't had that negative encounter with the police personally, but I'm willing to validate that of my brothers and sisters who have. I haven't had, I've never broken a bone. I've never been in a really, you know, violent uh, altercation, you know? And so we got to be clear. We got to be clear about what our reality is. And just because I haven't doesn't mean I can't empathize with my community doesn't mean I can't empathize with those who have. Doesn't mean I can't empathize with the brothers and sisters locked up now in, in the pen, you know, on fraudulent charges. Doesn't mean I can't empathize. But we've got to be truthful about our own experience in this, that, that has not been my experience. And so I can't darken all of me. I can't taint all of me because of that. I watch some of you in social media I see you on Twitter, I see you on in Instagram. Some of y'all post negative 24 hours a day. It's either negative, it's either shade, it's either aid, you know, it, it's downplaying. I watched the same group who downplayed the last president, now I'm downplaying the next president. I watch the same group who said, you know, you can't trust these people, now you can't trust the next people. No, you just can't trust, period. No, you're just angry, period. No, you're just upset, period. And the minute you're willing to honestly accept that, okay, I'm just angry. I'm just pissed off. I feel something old. Then you're doing shadow work. And then you can begin to separate what's truth and what's fiction about your reality. If your your lights on and your rent is paid and you're feeding your your children, you know, we got to be real careful, you know, about how we look at ourselves and tell our story and repeat a story that keeps us in the position of of being oppressed. And particularly when we think on a global scale, When I think about poverty worldwide, when I think about oppression worldwide, when I think about what I have easy access to right here that my brothers and sisters in in Nigeria or Ghana, you know, or Liberia, you know, or, or, or Uganda, don't have easy access to. I can have food delivered right to the door. I can have medication delivered right to the door. I can have any, almost any item of furnishing or, or equipment that I might need delivered right to the door. And so be careful, you know, people of color, when you say, well, we're not Americans. We built this. My ancestors built that capital. My ancestors built that capital. I, I am more American than the patriots. I am, I am. That doesn't mean I agree with the system. That don't mean I support the system. That doesn't mean I don't, you know, want and, and expect change the in the system. But my ancestors built that. My people built this, this country. And so be careful. Be careful when you say you're in it, but not of it. Be careful when you say, oh, that's not our battle. That, that, that's on them. No, when they, when they raided the Capitol, they raided your house. They raided your house. Black man, black woman, Latin man, Latin woman, they raided your house. Asian man, Asian woman, they raided your house. And so, just because it happened in D.C. and not on your doorstep don't mean it didn't affect you. The next time it might be on your doorstep, <laughs> the next time it might be at your house, we got to be careful about Overgeneralizing. We got to be careful about denying knowledge of self. Thank you, Open 642. We got to be careful about how we tell our story. And yes, Jennifer Aniston, we got to be careful about what we eat, what our diet is. Because if you're eating BS, you can't expect to manifest much more than BS. If you're eating and consuming the dead carcasses of of cows and chickens and the pus and mucus of, of animals, you know, synthesize this, artificial, that, you know, fast food, the other, pre whatever. You're only feeding yourself death. And, and some of you think, well, that just affects my body. No, it affects your mind. It affects your emotions. It affects your ability to handle stress. It affects your ability to handle fear. As vegans will tell you, if an animal is raised and, and, and cared for in fear, that fear is in your food. And, and, you're, and you're now consuming it. Some of us can't get our mind right, can't get our attitude right, can't get our emotions right because we won't get our diet right. <laughs> We're eating food that is designed to depress and oppress. Please uh, give me a moment to respond to the dough one more time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your patience. All is a blessing. Uh, tangerine bliss. Once I get through the depressive moments from the bad memories, I see a new aspect of the situation and transmute the energy. I notice that I do feel much better afterwards. And, and that's, you know, that that's everything I've been talking about in two sentences. Uh, that's it right there. Also, um, as I was walking through, I was thinking about Predestiny, and we we being exactly where we are right now, in this moment, to bring forth life, to to bear fruit, uh, to to write books, to produce movies, to to create businesses. And without, some of y'all not going to like this, (laughs) without the journey of your grandparents, your great-grandparents, those who came before, we would not be here we would not be here. Some would say that we are a new ethnic group. We are a new race of people. We are a new way of being as descendants of of indigenous people, as descendants of of our ancestors here in in this America. And we have an opportunity to do something that then affects everyone else on the planet, all the way back to South America, all the way back to Africa, all the way back to Asia, all, all, all every corner of the planet. And so we must be careful about how we tell our story. We must be careful about being present in our story and understanding that we have an opportunity to transmute. I like that word, transmute tangerine bliss, shadows into light, darkness into light. Greetings, beloved. Welcome. Welcome. Um, Please forgive me on the pronunciation of your name. You know me, Mystic Tish. Welcome, beloved. We appreciate you. And it's all energy. Open 64 says it's all energy. Solitaire. My trick is to sit with the fear and work with moon energy. Any way you can do it, however you need to do it, just just make sure you're doing it. Just make sure you're doing it. Blessings, blessings, greetings. Let's see, am I missing my questions? Yeah, none of our stories begin with slavery. Even the enslaved of that generation, their story didn't begin with slavery, and it didn't end with slavery. Uh, that's one of those things, Open 64, 642 that we over in our community, that, that we hang way too much on. Uh, and so I, I agree with you. Uh, but for me, it goes without saying. It, 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 has, it has never been our story. It has never been our starting point. We never grew up out of the, the Georgia soil, or the Louisiana soil, or, or the Mississippi soil. So just the notion of you know, our story ends and begins with slavery. Was a trick in the community a few years back, to, to create division and to create confusion, and particularly from that segment of our community. You know who I'm talking about. You know who who says they didn't experience slavery. They they people weren't slaves, and that they were born here. And I support born here. I just want to see the DNA reports. <laughs> I support being born here. I just want to see the DNA uh, reports. I found out uh, really just in the last 48 hours that O-positive blood, I have O-positive blood, me, my sister, my mom, so we can assume my dad would also have O-positive blood. O-positive is a regressive uh, state. So if, if a parent has B or A or, or, or some other form of blood, uh, then that would be the dominant uh, blood type for the child. So O-positive runs in, in my family. And I did a little research and I found out that O-positive blood primarily come from Central and South America, primarily. So it suggests Open 642. It, it, it proves the Middle Passage that my people didn't just come straight from Africa to, to the Americas, but passed through Brazil Honduras, Cuba, Colombia, South America, and made their way um, uh, to the U.S. O positive is not a common African-based blood type. And it doesn't negate the African ancestry. It just means that the Africans married into, had had children into those who were here, the indigenous people in in the new world, and, and therefore, I received O positive blood so that, you know, our story doesn't begin with slavery. It never has. It never has. And and it's just a, a mental thing that we hold on to, to, to justify holding on to pain, to justify holding on to the abuse, to justify holding on to the past. The infinite ones. greeting, beloved. I'm glad to know you writing your story. Yes, write that story. Don't let your family stop you from writing those stories, y'all. That's not even legal. (laughs) That's not even legal. Your your people can't stop you from writing that book and telling the truth about your story. So write those books, y'all. The Goddess Initiative, Tapping Helps to Keep You Present as Well because mindfulness is a huge part in dealing with PTSD. That's right. That's right. So as you're tapping and telling your story, you're reminding yourself that you're here, that you're alive, that you're present in this moment and not to live and exist in the past or the future. Valerie Lovely, bless you, yes. Inner child therapy is a part of shadow work often. Inner child therapy is a part of shadow work. Many of our hurts, our pain, pains, our tribulations, our blocks, our character flaws begin at age five and under. It is said that our personality, who we're going to be, it's almost 80 to 90 percent formulated by the time you're five years old. Everything else is just learning your way into the environment that you exist in, have to live in. So that inner child therapy is crucial. It's the root of your unhappiness. It's the root of your happiness. It's the root of what brings you joy. I had, to, I had to be reminded that music brought me joy. I started playing the piano, my mom would tell you, at two, three, four years old, by ear. And then I'm out on the street at 14, 15. And for, for decades, I didn't own a piano. I didn't own a piano until I moved into this house. So in the last three years. And, and, and of course, having it in the house, playing on it, brings back shadow work, bring, also brings back light work. But it definitely reminds me of being a minister of music. It reminds me of growing up. It reminds me of my childhood. Piano was my only outlet as a child. I, I was free to go in the basement and, and play that piano as much as I wanted, whenever I wanted. And that was my outlet. That was my vehicle of communication. Only then did I realize that it was useful in the community, useful at church, useful in the arts. You know, much later on did that did that element really stand up for me. And so I always thought, you know, age 15 and younger that I was gonna be on TV, that I was gonna be a performer, that I was gonna be well-known, just had no idea how it's gonna happen. <laughs> So when I had the opportunity, you know, to go to Duke Ellington, you know, in Washington, D.C. and my dad blocked it, you know, I thought that was the end of my dream, thought that was the end of my dream. And then for 10 years, 15 years, I lived as if it was the end of my dream from place to place, from pillar to post, trying to find myself in the world. And so now I'm just now at a place where I remember what brought me joy. I remember what brings me happiness. I I remember how consumed I was with dancing and performance back in the day. I have a secret I'm going to share. I don't know if I'm going to share it today, but just know it's coming. (laughs) I've made some inroads in the community, uh, branched out um, in the community in, in a whole new way to make sure that ATR, spirituality and tradition, reaches every segment of our community every segment of our society so i'm going to i'm going to reveal my secret uh soon enough soon enough the goddess initiative says that her mother made up entire versions of her life she has taught her sisters a version of their dad that doesn't even exist yeah we're familiar with that aren't we we're familiar with that when, when, when the mother translates her own feelings, her own stories onto the children, and it does not necessarily uh, match the truth. And in some cases, it does match the truth, but it's not necessary information for you to have. It's a disservice for our mothers, our fathers, to, to put their relationship, personal relationships, then onto the children. Because we learn how to love, we learn how to have relationships by way of our guardians, by way of our parents. Um, I'm grateful, God, that you are aware of that. I'm, I'm grateful that you acknowledge that. And, and that, that means you can fix it. You can repair it. You can change that. My mom presented a, 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 an illusion of my dad that wasn't true. People saw the well-dressed family with the nice car. You know, at, at every service, you know, at church, that, that's that got to be the perfect marriage. That's got to be the right household. And it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And my mom protect my dad's bad image for years, for years, knowing he wasn't a right guy, knowing he wasn't a right preacher, knowing he was doing some really crazy stuff, but protected that image, protected that look out here in in the world. So it, it's just human. It's, it's not a judgment of my mother or your mother. It's, it's just human. And your mom didn't realize to what degree her versions of the story um, would affect you and your siblings and, and how you would then carry that into your life and into your relationships. Yeah, you know, We have to be careful about how we tell our story. We have to be careful about how we speak and tell our truth. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to be going soon, y'all. So let me get your questions, your comments, and your requests. Chef Bougie, welcome, beloved. Thank you so much for being present with us. Yes, Solitaire, I do my teas, my herbal teas, usually after 4 p.m. Because I'm a coffee drinker. I might drink coffee all day and into the night. (laughs) But I do my uh, my herbal teas and, and concoctions uh, usually in, in the afternoons and, and then into the evenings. Greetings, Fitness Fun Girl. Welcome. I really wish you were in New Orleans because I need some help. I need a personal trainer to help me to get some aspects of my body <laughs> together. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yes, we have to literally speak the truth of it as our narrative has been so severely distorted, open uh, 642, absolutely. And he said before that, we got to start with the ancestors. We got to first start by speaking the truth of our ancestors, who and what they were and their condition, and then speak the truth about how that translated, how that passed down, all the way down to who we are today. Greetings, Arisha, Eva Arisha, Mojuba Arisha. Welcome beloved. I got your photos, fabulous. Fabulous, (laughs) yes. All is a blessing. Come on, I think I've gotten to the end of my chat. If you have questions, comments, requests, the phone lines are open at 845-277-9143. Or you can follow the link, scrolling at the bottom of the screen. And you can also uh, jump in and join us here Live on cam, just got a food delivery that really needs to be put up and put in the freezer. I'm waiting until the end of the broadcast to, uh, to do that. Five questions, comments, requests? If not, I'm gonna move it forward, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing You can just see beyond the veils. It's all just an illusion and a test. One of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle.
0: I All
1: right, Blog Talk Radio, it's been a great show. I appreciate you being here with me and for me. All this is a blessing.
2: Congo Square The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated, the Omus Indians prepared this place. Centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, We crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life We beat. We be we was and is hail Congo Square. Congo Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not. Been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world heralded by the beat, 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 being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat, heart beat. Heart, be at this place, at this place, be heart, be, be, we, beating place in new world space, beating being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace, our dance is the God walk, our music, the God talk, first thing we do. Let's get together. Circle ourselves into community. No beginning. No end. Connected together. And singing. Ringing. Singing. In a ring. Second, let's be original. Aboriginal. Be what we were before we... Became what we are. Be Bambula dance. Be bonza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget even when we can't remember the specifics we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential usness that others want to dissipate with out of
0: us. Whoa.
2: no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us, deep inside us is us, remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free, the beat to free us. It is morning, a sun day, a field, a field without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun. With our elegance. We, we are centuries later now. And still this sacred ground calls us. To remember. Uh, to be, To be. We are centuries later now. And still this sacred ground calls us. To remember To beat